Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architects of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks for joining me this week. My motivational quote that I chose for today is by Arthur Golden, and it says, Adversity is like a strong wind. It tears away from us all but the things that cannot be torn so that we see ourselves as we really are. Have you ever felt so overwhelmed with your life that you thought about running away from home just like a child would? Even if it was for a little while, to escape for a little while, isn't that part of the human flight or fight response? When we get scared, our instincts tell us to fight or to run for, for the hills. When this type of stressor enters your life, wouldn't you like to have some strategies to handle these emotional triggers and keep that fight-or-flight psyche at bay? Today, my guest, Dr. Marilyn Joyce, has had many of life's ups and downs and has learned so many strategies to overcome adversity and move forward. Just wait until you hear how she is literally moving forward. You'll, you'll see what's coming. For over 40 years, Dr. Joyce, a registered dietitian with a PhD in both psychology and biochemistry and human nutrition, has been inspiring audiences around the world as a motivational and inspirational keynote speaker, seminar leader, and trainer. She's been featured on Doctor to Doctor, Lisa, Montel Williams, Mari Povich, Jenny Jones, and The Essentials Show on PBS. Dr. Joyce is the author of the best-selling books, Five Minutes to Health, and I Can't Believe It's Tofu, and now her much-sought-after book, Instant Energy, and it's E-N-E-R-G-Y, periods after them. The former director of nutrition for the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Dr. Joyce is a cancer survivor, now 27 years Thriver. Her seminar clients include Xerox, the FBI, the Girl Scouts, Boeing, UCLA, Scripps Medical Center, Sloan Kettering, and the American Cancer Society, just to name a few. Whew. So please, with that wonderful introduction, please help me welcome Dr. Joyce. So Dr. Marilyn Joyce, thank you so much for being on. My pleasure and my joy, Connie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, I'm, I, I just am so excited about our conversation today. And when everybody hears what you're ultimately doing, they're going to be like, what? That's awesome. So I really am excited to uh, jump in. So my first question, uh, Marilyn, is you have a moving story of really overcoming adversity and many adversities, in fact. Can you share some of it with us so that it gives a benchmark for people to understand your expertise? Sure. You know, it's interesting because I've been called the survivor who's the thriver. And that's what so many people have called me over the years. And I think there's some validity there. I never, believe me, when I was 14 years old and I ran away from home, I never thought that my life would be what it has become or you know, throughout the years. But that's how I started my life. I, I grew up in a home where my mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was just a six-year-old child, oh. and it was a nightmare living there. So at 14, I ran away and lived on the streets of Toronto for a year and a half. And in fact, last year, I got to do a, a keynote for my alumni, Ryerson alumni, my undergraduate uh, university. And I told the story about literally watching kids when I was 
digging into the garbage cans. I would watch these kids going into the Ryerson University and think, one day that's going to be me. And ironically, it was. So, you know, wow. 50 years later, there I am, the keynote for them. But, you know, that was the beginning for me. And I... Most people would say to me, well, if you had it to do over again, would you do it differently? And I have to be honest, no. I think that that was really where I learned how to be strong and survive no matter what. And then from there, I journeyed around the world and, you know, experienced, you know, the, the area, era, pardon me, of the hippie generation and the Beatles. And so I had to do what they did. I went to India and I went around the world and just, you know, hitchhiked around the world doing my thing, learning new things, learning about new cultures. And it opened up my, bro- my mind to a much broader perspective of what the world is about and I I believe that that's why I'm not afraid to take chances and uh, plunge into something unique and different at this stage in my life because I went through that and then through a five-year journey with uh, cancer given um, next to no time at all to live in 1989 and yet here I am today still alive and strong and vibrant and really jumping into my life in a new way. So it's, you know, it's all about, you know, I learned this a long time ago when I was going through the cancer journey, but it's not about what happens to you. It's about how you relate to what happens to you. And I think that's such a powerful statement. I didn't create it. It's just something that I learned from, I believe, probably Dr. Bernie Siegel, you know, way back when. And it's become a mantra for me. Not what happens to you. It's about how you relate to what happens to you. It's really true. Yeah. 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 I, I, now the cancer piece, the five years. How did you did you go through traditional um, healing methods, or did you use some of the more homeopathic versions? What worked for you? I'm cur- I'm just curious. Yeah. No, that's a great question, Connie. Because in fact, I did go through three rounds of chemotherapy, and I truly spent so much time speaking to the great white telephone in the bathroom that I decided that that was not going to be the journey for me. I'd rather, if I was going to die, I wanted to die naturally, not through malnutrition and throwing my guts up all the time. Mm -hmm. So I quit that, and that's when I started looking at alternative methods that were out there. Now, I came from traditional medicine, my background, right? So this was a real jump for me to say no to that and to look at what was out there that, you know, we were told if it didn't have the science behind it, it was probably not going to work. And the fact of the matter was today there's so much science behind the things that didn't have science then to support them that uh, I'm really glad that I jumped that ship and, and, you know, immersed myself in alternative systems and methods to come upon uh, the, the ones that worked for me. And that basically was it. I traveled around the world looking for the magic bullet. And truly, there are no real magic bullets, but what there was were methods that I learned that were holistic and looked at the whole person, which is what my books are about as well. They looked at the whole person, not just one part of them. I mean, if you look at traditional medicine, it's looking at the physical person or the mental person or the uh, you know, the psychological person, the, you know, the, the different parts of us, the mental, physical, spiritual parts are all divided up into pieces, but in the whole person perspective, we're treating the whole being. And, you know, years later, I was, when I was talking about cancer, I was explaining to people that it really is more about 
underlying emotional, unresolved emotional issues. And when you resolve those emotional issues, at the same time as you feed your body healthy, wholesome food and, and breathe properly and exercise, you know, for cellular rejuvenation, that's when you get well. Or stay you know, well if you're sick. Yeah, and it's interesting that you were able in in the you know you're saying 1989 correct this this right. all went down yeah so yeah the information was first of all was not available like it is today where you Google that right that was no <laughs> no such thing as Google that <laughs> such thing yes for the youngsters listening that's right us old timers but the the reality is that you really were in search so I'm laughing because you know that you had the courage to walk away from the chemotherapy um, when someone gives you basically a death sentence where, like, get your things in order, you don't have much time yeah. left, and to turn your back on that. But then I'm, then I'm, as soon as you said that, I was like, well, of course she did that because she ran away at 14. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, talk about adventure being wired into you, and maybe not adventure, I'm going to use the word courage, that you knew the situation at home was not working, right, you know, due to your mom's right. mental situation. And you thought, no, there's got to be something better, and you went in search of it. Now the doctors say, oh, no, you need to do this, you know, chemo. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm, there's something better out there. And, again, you went out and searched it. It's almost like how you're wired, which I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by, and I'm, I'm inspired by it because, um, you know, you're, you're – and, and I'm, is it okay if I share your age? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know, what you've learned and all the adventures and courage that you've done over 66 years, like, holy crap, man, I want to be you when I grow up. Uh, you're amazing. Yeah, you're just amazing. So, let's, you know, recently you took a, a series of very unexpected, your life has taken some very unexpected uh, turns as well. Can you share how you most recently overcame, again, tremendous loss, discovered new passions, and now you're influencing thousands of lives, uh, lives you know, around the world, really? Well, you know, it's very interesting how life works because you, you think, I mean, I thought when I was a young person that when I reached 66 years of age that my life would be pretty pretty normal, you know, pretty standard, you know, a nice home and beautiful things in it, all of which I had. Um, and, you know, I would just be moving along and doing what I love. And But the thing is that I never really listened to that voice. And for the, you know, from, from the time I turned probably 50, there was a voice that kept saying, travel. You've got to travel. You've got to, you've got to speak to people around the world. And I, but I didn't know exactly what that was about. And so I kept on doing what I was doing, which was very rewarding in many respects, working with cancer patients and their caregivers, you know, the, the family caregivers, and then also the branch of health professional caregivers, you know, which is what all my websites are about um, until the newest one. And so I was really immersed in that, but I wasn't, there was this niggling thing. There was something bigger, and I couldn't, I couldn't put a peg on it. And so, you know, I believe that God brings you to your knees when you don't listen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was like, I, no matter what I did, all of a sudden it was like, no matter what I did, you know, you hear about people who everything they touch turns to gold. Everything I touch turns the other way. 
and I couldn't put a peg on it. I couldn't determine what it was. And it was like I, I went through a lot of personal uh, losses within my family situation. And then there was this day where everything, I lost my home. You know, I had bought one of those homes that was, you know, close to a million-dollar mortgage, and it, it didn't even sell for 350000 Do you know that? Wow. wow. Yeah, it was like I bought in one of the most... Uh, in one of the highest priced areas at the peak of the market. Peak, yeah. And yeah, so, you know, I lost my home at the end of 2014, lost some of the, lost my business partner, lost a lot of other things in that process, including my, um, my mojo, you know, my that inner mojo to make things happen. And then moved into another place that turned out to be a nightmare rental area where my landlord would just, well, my landlady's son-in-law would just enter and her, <gasps> her daughter, just enter without warning, show up on my doorstep without warning. It was like just, I, I was paying 2000 a month for this nightmare. Oh, now, my God. The thing was, though, that I needed to go through that, you know, when I look back on it now, because I was still resistant to listening to the voice, you know, and I know that sounds really crazy to most people, but I really believe that God, the universe speaks to us constantly, but most times we have closed ears, eyes, Mm -hmm. and whatever else, spirit, Mm -hmm. to that. And I remember just one day I literally got on my knees. And I mean, I hadn't really done anything like that in a long time. I meditated regularly. I prayed regularly. But to get on my knees and literally for three hours pray and say, God, you have got to let me know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I am totally at a loss. I feel like my, my world is on quicksand and I'm sinking fast. Let me know what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was three hours. I mean, my knees actually ached for a long time after that. So, so I know it was a long time on that floor. And then I went to bed. And I slept like a baby for the first time in months. And I woke up and, Connie, it was amazing. It was like these words across the sky in my room, my bedroom, that were journey of a thousand days. And I'm like... Okay, I am not getting this, God. I am sorry, but journey of a thousand days. What the heck does that mean? And um, you know, it was <laughs> it was like, and I had a recurring nightmare of this is such a crazy nightmare. I mean, I literally had this crazy nightmare where I actually woke up with you know screaming, blood curdling screams. I woke up my neighbors with my screaming of being axe murdered by my landlady's son-in-law. Now, you know, they would never do anything like that. But, you know, that was, it was like the, the axe went right through my body, right from head to toe and through, my, through to my heart. And yet there was no blood flowing. It was like, what was that? It was like I was not living from my heart. And that was the, the, the big awakening for me. When I woke up to this journey of a thousand days and that, from that nightmare, realizing that I had to get back to my heart, that was the only time I was ever really joyful and happy in my life. And if most of us look back on our lives, that really is what it's about. It's like we, we lost touch with our authentic self and we live what other people think we should be living. I'm a cancer survivor, so I should be working with cancer patients. You're, mm-hmm. You know, and right? So, and we yeah. could all look at our lives and see that. And so when I saw that, you know, those words, it was like, okay, write them down. So I wrote them down. 
journey of a thousand days. And then, you know, I kept saying, okay, what is this about though? What does it mean? And it wasn't much, you know, more than three days later, I had a phone consultation with a client and a friend. She's a friend and a client. She knew what I was going through. And she's, you know, her, her life is very successful, but it wasn't always that way for her either. And she was having one of those moments where she was having a meltdown, wants to make a big difference in the world. And I literally said to her, you know, I reframed her entire life, all the beautiful things in her life and, you know, the beautiful relationship she's in, the beautiful home she lives in, the money to do whatever she wants. And I, at one moment I said to her, so what matters now? And both of us stopped at that moment. And at the same time we said, that's the question. What matters now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. And I have a couple of uh, comments that, but we have to take a quick break. So when we come back, I, of course, will share my comments. And then you do have to tell everybody after seeing Journey of a Thousand Days and going, what? Uh, you really did, the answer did come to you. And I really want you to share what exactly it is because it's awe-inspiring, and I think that everybody will be like, that is the coolest. So hang in there, guys. We'll be right back, and um, and then you'll tell us about that as well, okay? Sure thing. Sounds awesome. Good. Awesome. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change. Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back and we are speaking with Dr. Marilyn Joyce and we just uncovered that her true calling um, as it was written on the ceiling after a horrific dream is journey of a thousand days <laughs> and what that means. So I want to just um, comment. It's interesting that that phone call with your friends where, again, she knew how many blessings she had in her life, right? The, the, the family, yeah. the husband, the house, all of the material things and, and love, right? Because she had love with her family and, and all of that. Yeah. And yet we feel disconnected. We feel like, ugh, isn't there more? So the other thing you said is a difference in the world. And that interests me, I, I, I find intriguing, because I know I'm supposed to make a difference in the world, too. Not always sure how to go about doing that, but, but again, I always feel like the answers will come. So how many people feel that they should be making a difference in the world? So rhetorical question for us, but I want the listeners to think about that. What is the difference in the world that you should be making, and if you feel it and you're unsure, like like Marilyn, you're saying, you kind of pray, mm -hmm. you, med you meditate, whatever it is for you, but stop and listen and figure out what shift you might need to make to make the difference. And then the question, and I want to discuss this further, is what matters now? And I think that we do not live in the present 
of now. Um, we're always in the past and the future. And before the break, you said the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And mm -hmm. I, I yeah. tell my kids, you know, never look back and say, I should have done this, or someone told me I should do this. What do you think you should do? Don't, don't, oh, not that you shouldn't listen to, to wise people around you. I, I don't not recommend that. But the shoulda, woulda, couldas, don't. That's not how you should live your life. You, you have to live your life to the fullest every day. Whatever mistakes you make, you learn from them, but move on. So the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and then I think to remedy that is that question of what matters now. And yeah. I just want to share something really quick with you. I have uh, two partners. We, we just started on our adventure. We were talking briefly before. Um, new product, and we have a speaking engagement, and all of this cool stuff going on. And we met through the radio show, which is another whole component of coolness for me. But we had a question of what were crashes in our life that we learned from to pivot us, right? And, and can we define that and, and how that pivot happens? And it was so funny because they easily came up with something. This was last week. My, uh, the one of the women came in from Florida. So we met for three intense days of working. And they looked at me and I said, I, I don't have anything. It's like very meek. And they go, well, what do you mean? And I go, I, I, I don't think I've had any crashes in my life. I've had just like a really beautiful life. And so that, it was interesting because they both looked at me and they looked at each other and they said, wow, you really live in the now. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so that yeah. night, we got together the next day, but that night I really thought about it. I go, you know you've had crashes, right, where bad things have happened. Everybody has bad things that happen. Why, can't you, why couldn't you think of any? And of course, that night, not that I ever want to reflect back on the bad stuff, but I did figure out those pivotal moments in my life. And the next day I explained that to them. I'm like, look, nobody has a perfect life. And they said, but you live in the now so beautifully. That's amazing. And yeah. I, I don't know that I do that on purpose, Marilyn, but I, I just feel like now is all we have. So try to make the best of it and use the past to help guide you and learn. And the future, be open to whatever unfolds and obviously work hard in all of those things, right, to, so that you could support yeah. your family. But living in the now, what matters now? Wow, to me that was such a powerful uh, question and just so relevant, again, to what's going on in, in my personal life. Not that I usually talk about my personal life. So um, right. it, I, I think just those two things what is the difference in the world you're, you're meant to to do and then what matters now might be the directional navigation um, to help people focus so I just wanted to comment on those two things because they were very powerful and I don't ever want the listeners to miss you know how we listen but we don't really process so to me that was just very very powerful all right, now, so now you have to tell us the journey of a thousand days after seeing it, you know, blow across your ceiling in your bedroom, what did it end up defining into for you and has, has literally become your mission? Well, you know, it was funny because, as I mentioned, I had beautiful things in my life. I mean, I had a beautiful home, the, the home that I lost, but I still had all my beautiful things, right? I'd given away a lot when I moved from a big house into a smaller one, but I looked at all my stuff and it was like this message, this resounding message, you can't take it with you. And I had mm -hmm. just helped clean up the messes of several of my friends who have passed on to mm -hmm. the next world, right? Wow. And I thought, wow, I don't want to do, leave people that kind of mess to have to clean up. And so there was that going on for me where you can't take it with you and it was like all, all of a sudden the reality hit. It's like it's time to 
sell, donate, or give away everything that I own that's owning me because our stuff owns us. And when you're younger and you have a family, that's a whole other being. You need to have stability for your family. But when your family's grown up and gone, the time comes where it's really important for you to look at your own life and determine, is this what's real? And for some people, having a comfortable home is really important to them from the day they're born to the day they leave the planet. For me, that's not really being the case. I mean, when I started my life as a runaway, I was happy to have a big old warehouse to, with newspaper around me to stay warm uh, versus being in a, a home that was chaotic. So, you know, we all have our different ways of being. But, but this journey, it was like uh, what I looked at, what I, when was I happiest? Well, it was when I was traveling around the world or when I was in different parts of the world interviewing people and finding out more about the way they lived, um, finding out what mattered to them, you know, as a, so that question what matters now when I really looked at it everybody in the world I don't care who they are I don't care what their background is their race creed color philosophy religion it doesn't matter they've all at some point lost someone something or everything that they thought was important to them and asked the question of themselves what matters now so when when it all started unfolding it became like a a peace mission. Now, you know, I know peace doesn't sell very well, but the fact of the matter is all I've ever wanted in my entire life, and I've been on peace missions before, is to create peace and harmony between people on this planet because the planet right now is in a sad state of affairs yes. with warring and, yeah. I mean, we, what, what do we hear about every single day? Even if you try to avoid the bad news, it's everywhere, you know, the massacres, the shootings, the, the, the violence, and yet, I believe that we all could come together under that, whole, that question, what matters now, because we, it's, a, it's a question that we will look at and think about and realize that, and, and that's, that's the whole idea of these interviews, is to have those interviews up somewhere on a blog site and, and have them across YouTube and you name the social media, have all those interviews out there where people can, children even, can get the gist that we're all the same. We all have the same needs, wants, desires. We all want love. We all want community. We all want peace. We all want that, 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 that ability to come together as one. Because I believe that's what we are. I believe that we are all one in, on a very deep level, just like all the roots of the trees are joined together under the, you know, the surface of the ground. I believe that's how we are as well. And that's the, the big vision for this is to bring people together in harmony, love, and peace. You and know, do you think? And do you think by do, going across the world? And again, you're doing a thousand days, correct? Of, uh, in your yep. journey. Yep. So yep. that's the literal journey of a thousand days. But through that, and yep. all the people, the all can you imagine the just beyond cool, interesting people you're going to meet? Do you think? Yep. I'm just curious because we talked about maybe doing a show midway or even at the end to say, was it what you thought it was? So my my, I'd like it on record. but do you think that as you interview all these people from all these different cultures around the world do you think that the common thread is going to be that love that peace that that oneness um or are you expecting just varying answers like do you have an expectation or no expectation i mean that's an answer too 
You know, that's a really fabulous question, Connie, because I, I do have, I think we all go into life with ex- expectations. It's a human thing. I wish I was one of those people that didn't have expectations, but even with the, the journey so far, I went into it thinking I was going to be on the road by March. I was going to do the pre-journey in the United States for about six months and do about 500 interviews before I ever started the actual journey of a thousand days, which would take me to the rest of the world. And it never turned out that way. I couldn't get rid of my stuff for love nor money. I couldn't, you know, I, I got rid of one storage unit. I still have another two to clean up. Uh, one of them, of course, is all my books and CDs and so on that I have available for sale. But the other one is still furniture. I got rid of the bulk of the stuff, but there's still this storage unit. And one, of the, one day, the people who run the storage facilities, who I've become very close friends with, and they've actually bought some of my stuff that they fell in love with, and they said to me, your journey actually began the day that you moved your stuff here. Mm. And all the people that you've met, because I would go in and tell them stories about these amazing people that I met, and I'm going to interview, of course, for the journey as well, and I realized that it isn't the way that I plan it. It's the way, you know, there's that expression, in God's time, not my time. And, you know, whatever, whatever your religious beliefs are, it doesn't matter. I just, I, I'm a spiritual person more than a religious person, but I really believe in this higher power called God and the universe working together, conspiring together to make it happen in their time and in their way based on my talents and ability to bring that question to people. You know, my talent is in, like yours, in interviewing people. And so when you use your talent and let the rest download through you, it will happen as it's meant to. It will unfold as it's meant to. And so will it turn out the way that I anticipate? Probably not in the way that I do, but I do believe, <laughs> but I do believe that, you know, I, I remember when I uh, did a peace mission in 1984, Five. I was actually, I mean, 1987. I was not given much time even then. I was diagnosed with stage four uterine cancer, and most people don't survive that. I, so I wanted to do something useful then before I left the planet, and I ended up on this peace mission in, in the Soviet Union before the wall came down. Wow. And we asked, yes, and it was amazing going across the entire Soviet Union asking people, what do you want to see in your lifetime? And it didn't matter whether they were three-year-old children or 103-year-old adults. They all said, peace in our lifetime. So I know that on some unconscious level, that's been plaguing me for years, decades. Mm. You know, peace in our lifetime. That's what people said in 1980. So now when we're seeing so much chaos and, of course, with social media and and news and everything being globally available to everybody, much more so than it was back in the 80s. I mean, you you know, the world has become a smaller place. It is more critical than ever that we create this unifying uh, philosophy and and structure because otherwise we're going to, uh, we're either going to destroy ourselves or we're going to create a peace on earth. And there's not much in between. Yeah, yeah, and and let's hope that your journey of a thousand days builds the momentum. You know, again, people listening to this, and then I know you're going to have a blog, and you're going to give us in a minute your uh, the contact so people can follow this. You know, 
it, if it gets out there because the internet really does make the world so small, you know, yeah. maybe you can get to every corner of the world with your mission, with this mission of Journey of a Thousand Days, and make the difference, you know, to leave that legacy, because that's the other thing, don't we all want to leave some kind of legacy? You said it before when you were yeah. diagnosed, that I want to leave, I want to do something that leaves this place better than when I was, than when I got here, right? That's, that's our legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you're—that's it. And that's what you're doing here. Is yes, you have children and all of that, and that's a legacy. Of course, that's a, that's a wonderful legacy that yeah. we as moms can create. But this is something Absolutely. that you can you can create to make a difference in the world. And I I was so excited when you were introduced to me because I thought, oh my God, this is this is what <laughs> we need more people doing this in the world so that we can get rid of the anger and the uh, the war and the hatred and these uh, narrow minded perspectives where my way is the right way, your way is wrong, so I'm going to kill you. Um, it's crazy. It's it's crazy way of yeah. thinking. So really I hope, is. yeah, it really is, you know, Marilyn, it's just nuts. So I hope that this journey of a thousand days takes on the momentum that I believe it should. And hopefully it's just another dent in the world of, of changing and creating peace or, or whatever it's meant to create. I hope yeah. it does it wildfire. Like I hope it goes nuts out there uh, so that we change the world. Me too. I, I, yeah, yeah, I love it. Now, we're, at, we're actually out of time. So please share with everybody, how can they um, follow your progress or reach you if they are intrigued by this? Um, how can they reach out to you? Well, there's two really easy ways, and one of them is journeyof1000days.love, which is going to be the blog, which is the blog site. We, we're just really beginning to get that set up, but it is up, and it's just journeyof1000days, the number 1000.love, L-O-V-E. And then the other page is the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash journey of 1,000 days. The more likes we can get there, the, the more we can build the, moment, the momentum that we need to build in order to really take this global. Yeah. So it's, you know, getting out there, yeah. So, so the Facebook, the can, they, can they get into the Facebook now, find you on the Facebook, the journey of 1,000 days? Absolutely. There's a big red heart at the, in the banner, and it's Journey of a Thousand Days, uh, you know, Facebook.com forward slash Journey of 1,000 Days, the number cool. 1,000. And, yeah, it's there, and there's a lot of momentum going on there, and there's actually, we've gotten people from around the world. I even reconnected with my, uh, my fiancé from 41 years ago who doesn't live in this part of the world, and, you know, he's actually getting involved in helping with this as well. So there's a lot of momentum that's beginning to happen, and it all started with when I put up this page on Facebook. You know, wow. it was like people from around the world have actually said, I've got a story, do you want to hear it? So we're going to have contests and all kinds of good stuff going on. Love it. I just story. love it. I just love it. Um, and what everybody knows my routine, uh, Marilyn. So I promise, guys, I will put the journey of a thousand days dot love on the website so you can click and go. And I'll also put the Facebook dot com. Uh, forward slash journey of a thousand days as well and then they could click right on it and um, get into those pages for you so easy to find 
So look Wonderful. for that. Thank yes, you. and and the show um, August first will be up for everybody to listen to and connect with. Um, also, guys, send me your stories, uh, topics you'd love for me to cover, uh, frustrations that you're having perhaps in your job. If I don't have an answer, I have a huge network I can reach out to. So you can email me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com, and of course you can go to my website uh, com for some cool stuff there. Uh, Marilyn, thank you so much again for your time, for being on the show, and I wish you so much momentum and so much love that you receive, you know, as you go forward with this. And I am just so excited to follow the Facebook. Um, your face on Facebook, I think, is probably going to be the easiest way for you up to upload pictures and stuff like that, right yeah. through your adventure. Yeah. So yeah, I'll make absolutely. sure. I'll make sure. And then I promise, guys, uh, Dr. Marilyn and I are going to stay in touch. And at some point, we're going to kind of do a pulse check, right, Marilyn? And, and report yeah. in. Yes. <laughs> and we'll report back so everybody um, can feel inspired and feel the energy of what's going on across the world. So, uh, again, thank you so much for just being an amazing, inspiring guest and for just the adventure that you're, you're um you've really begun it's not even it's we can't even say it's when it starts it has begun for you and i i really i wish you so much success and uh, love through your journey thank you so much uh, my pleasure joy. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, you have all been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful and inspired week. And maybe figure out what your next thing is on your journey. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can